Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 136. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back, y'all. Spring is hinting, subtly hinting that it's here. Big smile. Spring in this part of Texas, it's beautiful, especially when the blue bonnets come out. The color, the intricacy of how it's shaped and the structure and the delicacy of it, it's just fun. So happy spring. What's important for you to know right now? I'm glad you're here. This podcast, it's all about understanding the internal landscape of our lives, why we do the things we do, why we don't do the things we want to do, why we feel the way we do, and how to do better, or at least how to stop doing some of the things that causes pain. Someone asked recently, how did I become who I am today? Here's the truth, by getting it all wrong and then working towards better. I've hurt at least as many people as I've been hurt by, probably a lot more. I've avoided emotion, misplaced emotion. I've blamed and shamed, and I've carried emotions all bottled up and lashed out. I created this complicated structure to keep me safe and at some point realized it was a prison. I've used achievement to stay busy so I didn't have to manage my emotions or uh, who knows. It's part of the coping mechanism. And here I am. Essentially, I've been doing the whole life thing, alternating from a reactive state to a protective state (laughs) to a feeling guilty state. And when it no longer worked, like there wasn't any room to carry any more emotion, there weren't any more hours of the day to be achieving. When I hit that brick wall, then I had to find another way to live. And that's who I've become. And that's the process of becoming. So wherever you're at, know that there's hope. That's just where you are today. That's not where you're going to be. Not if you're here. Because you'll realize the common humanity. You'll realize that we're all trying to figure it out and we don't have the answers. And we're living in real time. At least as much as we can, we're living in real time. Not in the past, not in the future, but here today. So it's fun to make sense of it now. It's fun to see why I did the things that I did. I love to travel and it's fun to make sense of that too. Because those were the times that I was away from familiar habits, patterns, relationships. I was free, or at least I allowed myself to be free, to open, to explore, to learn, and to create a new way of being, at least during that time, rather than falling back into the familiar. Makes sense. So if you're feeling like you're getting this whole life thing wrong too, it's fantastic you're here. It's not too late. You really can create whatever life you want. It starts with understanding the internal landscape, meaning what's happening within you, and then doing some spring cleanup, maybe some renovation, maybe some major overhaul. I've done it all. (laughs) Smile. You really can create ease and peace within you to be rather than to do, to belong because you feel it, you know it rather than to wait for somebody to tell you. And to be able to answer yes or no confidently, clearly, there's no perfect. 
They're simply refining towards better. And that's what we continue to do. That's what an unstoppable life consists of. Refinement. And experience is a great teacher. Do you remember? Think back. Do you remember your first step? Probably not. But remember the first time you rode a bike? Like you had both feet on the pedals. You were going straight. There were no training wheels. You were doing it on your own. Think about all the learning, all the trying, all the getting back up that occurred between that first step and independently riding your bike. That's the process of creating an unstoppable life. It's never once and done. We don't take a step and we're done. We take a step and then we take another and then we see what's next. It's trying, seeing a bigger picture for what's happening and it's continually refining. Which leads nicely into today's topic, survival states. I attended a workshop recently with Betsy Jensen. Betsy Jensen, you can find her at bodyandmindlifecoach.com. It was awesome. She works with people on the mind aspect of chronic pain. It's amazing what can happen on working with somebody who's experienced and who can guide the process. So this workshop was designed to bring about a deeper awareness and appreciation of what's happening in the body. And during the workshop, she described four survival states that we all function in. It's fascinating. Like it's fascinating to think about how much time I spend in each one. So I'm going to read them. I'll read each one. See what you notice, like what stands out and how much of your day you spend in each state. And this is Betsy's work that I'm sharing. Some of it I'm sharing verbatim. So check out her site. The two that are familiar, you hear them referred to often are fight or flight fight or flight. Those are part of the sympathetic nervous system. And it makes sense that these are two survival states, right? There's a predator. You need to do something. Are you going to fight? Are you going to fly? What are you going to do? So number one, fight. Looking at it from what is happening inside, it is intense emotion inside that is externally focused. So rage, anger, frustrations, or any other emotion that really leads to confrontation. That's what the fight response is, externally directed. And during times of high emotion, there's low judgment because things are moving fast. The body's not relaxed. It's hypervigilant, focused on everything that's wrong, ready to lash out. And it's not all or nothing. Like we're not either in fight or out of fight. There can be low levels of the fight response that happen often. So think about like when you walk into your office or your clinic or you start your work day and you see all the messages piled up, what's the response within you? When you notice the labs that need to be evaluated or discussed, when you see that someone's double booked on your schedule, what do you notice? Like what can you feel in your body? I had a boss in the past that had all these good ideas, that's in air quotes, good ideas, every night to each morning. There's a bunch of emails on how the program needed to change or it needed new aspects. We needed to grow it. We needed to do something. And I remember opening that computer with a sense of irritation and feeling very confrontational that we had never, we, we hadn't caught up to a month ago's good ideas. How are we going to catch up to these good ideas, quote unquote, <laughs> and feeling unable to relax. That's the fight response. Before we go any farther, just check in with yourself. What are you noticing? Just as you hear about it, what are you noticing? What's the feeling? Today is about making sense out of why you feel the way you do, giving it some names, 
saying of course, and creating some awareness and understanding of why you respond the way you do. So it makes sense that I was confrontational because that's how I started the day in that fight response. But think about it for you. Why do you respond the way that you do? How does it make sense? How does it make sense that your bandwidth or your energy is gone before 9 a.m., whatever your experience is? You can see from being in that rage, in that frustration, in that anger, that spending time in fight mode is exhausting. The on guard can't relax. And if that's the case, when it's the end of the day, how do you wind down? When it's the nighttime, time to go to bed, how do you wind down from that on guard state? Again, all we're trying to do is just make sense out of it. Let's move on to number two, flight. Flight is not the opposite of fight. It's filled with a different type of emotion and a different response. This one is internally activated and internally responding. So with flight, some of the emotions that come up, panic, anxiety, some other responses are staying busy, needing to do something, needing to fix something, needing to attend to something. So like overworking or working to exhaustion to get it right, overthinking. And people in flight mode find it very difficult to slow down, which makes sense, right? That energy, that nervousness, that urgency, the worry, the anxious, those aren't slowing down emotions. Those are keep moving, keep busy, keep figuring this out, keep fixing it. That's flight. Let's move on to the other two. Perhaps you've heard of them. Number three is freeze. So think about an unfortunate event or an unexpected event that's happened and the disbelief that comes with it, like this feeling that your mind is numb, your head is numb, you feel foggy, you feel like you're spaced out, like you're not connected. That's freeze. The system is overloaded. It's overwhelmed. It can't process or take in new information. It happens a lot in the hospital, mostly for family members. So someone they care about isn't doing well or they're at the end of their life or something had changed rapidly. And family members oftentimes are just in that foggy, disbelief, numb place. Like it's just too much to comprehend and their system shuts down. Internally, they feel confused or disconnected. They're tired. And it brings out emotions like not good enough. It can bring out shame. It can lead to having really intense physical sensations too, like in your head, your stomach, your chest. That's freeze. And number four, this one is called fawn, F-A-W-N. I just learned about this one, fawn. You're going to love it. This one is externally focused as well. And this state includes loss of self. Here it is. People-pleasing, over-apologizing, no boundaries, having or assuming a sense of responsibility to take care of others, and really being vigilant on other people's cues, what they say, what they do, what their body language is telling us, and disconnecting from our own needs, like with this idea that everyone has to be taken care of first, and then I can focus, then I can relax. And you can imagine... 
that loss of self or disconnection for to yourself, it leads to exhaustion for sure, burnout, feeling taken advantage of. In the workshop, as Betsy was going through these, it was like this huge aha, of course, of course there's burnout, of course there's discontent, of course there's a great resignation, of course people are redesigning their lives, of course people are sick, are staying sick, are tired, or feel powerless, of course I hit that brick wall and I had to change. Fight, flight, freeze, fawn, the majority of my waking hours were spent in one of those four states, bouncing among them, trying to get by, get through, trying to cope, trying to survive. Like, of course there were no more hours to work. I stayed busy as long as I could, and there just weren't enough hours in the day. So I was in flight state, and then I was in fawn state, having this exaggerated sense of responsibility. Everything relies on me. I was trying to hold back from the fight state because I didn't want to be angry and I was avoiding the emotion. So avoiding the freeze state, it was exhausting and it was all I knew how to do. I didn't know these terms. I didn't know that this was my internal landscape and I didn't know that I had a choice. So think about your life. Think about your day. How much of your day is spent in fight or flight or freeze? or fawn, or how much of your day is spent resisting them, not wanting to be in them. And now consider how much of your day is actually spent in a calm state, like a parasympathetic state of being relaxed in your body. As we're making sense out of what we do, it makes sense why alcohol or eating are attractive at the end of the day to chemically induce a calmer state, to temporarily shed the emotions that go along with those four survival states, to induce a new state to feel differently, at least temporarily. Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. What are you noticing? They're called survival states for a reason. They grab our attention. They hold on to it. Our mind is activated. Our body is activated. Even if it's disconnected, it's still activated. And it makes sense why emotions like joy, happiness, contentment are fleeting. It's because our system is wired to stay vigilant against the threats, to find them, to react to them, to destroy them, whatever it is. And it makes sense why we have coping mechanisms to drown out or lessen the survival state, at least temporarily. That's why we do what we do. What's the point of this episode? It is simply to create awareness. That's it. We're not working to fix something. We're not working to hide from something, push it away, resist it. We just want to create awareness. Awareness of your state. Are you in a survival state? Are you in a calm state? Awareness of your patterns. How do you react or respond to each one? Awareness of what happens that draws you to one state or another. And then awareness of the calm state, how you created it, how you allowed it, either intentionally or unintentionally. So for me, a calm state was through travel. I didn't realize that that's one of the reasons that I sought travel or enjoyed it. So it was 
unintentionally and it was trying to do more of it <laughs> through that behavior. So how do you create it? Do you have a practice? Do you have a behavior? So what is it that you can do to get back to that calm state? Awareness is everything. And it's all you need to get started with mastering this aspect of the internal landscape. High achievers, we are fantastic at fluctuating between all four survival states. And if there are more, there probably are between those survival states too. We are perceptive to the world around us. We are chronically busy. We work hard. We want to please others. We're on guard. We're looking for what's not right. We're looking at the injustices and we're implementing our solution. And it leads to exhaustion. Freedom and fulfillment, they're not experienced or not experienced much in the survival states. They are found in a calm state when the mind is open and free and focused on this moment, not in the past, not in the future, this moment. An unstoppable life, that's what we are all on the spectrum of attaining or working towards or just experiencing. That's found in a calm state. And it's leading and living a life that is intentional, which means not reactive. For the next few weeks, create more awareness on which state you're in. See what your mind is doing. See what your body is feeling. Feel what it feels. And notice the habits or the escapes that you gravitate towards. Notice also when you're feeling a calm state and think about what helped you get there. What were the ingredients? Awareness is what leads to mastery of that internal environment. None of us escape being human. None of us. There are defaults and traps and triggers. We get back into that survival state living. But what we can do is understand it. We can create kindness for ourselves and we can work towards getting back to that calm state, especially to get there before we speak, before we act, before we cope, because that is what leads to fulfillment and freedom. And that's really what an unstoppable life looks like. The conference, the Authenticity, Courage, and Empowerment Conference for Women Physicians, it's only seven weeks away and will be open for registration through April 15th. These are the conversations we'll be sharing. Growing life, creating more freedom and fulfillment, gaining mastery on the internal landscape, and working towards better. You can find out all the details at AuthenticPhysicians.com. And check out Betsy Jensen's work. You'll find her at BodyAndMindLifeCoach.com. I'll see you in two weeks, my friend. Sending so much love. Ciao. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.